Well, meanwhile, NATO states are boosting military support to Kiev, with Canada joining the UK in sending troops and special forces. Britain has already shipped missile systems, which it claims are strictly defensive in nature, and the US allies, including Sweden, are reinforcing military positions near Russian borders. Well, let's cross live now to geopolitical analyst Patrick Henningsen, also editor of the 21st Century Wire news outlet. Thanks for joining us, sir. Good to have you on the programme today. Um, Western countries are sending uh, military forces to Ukraine. How do you expect Russia will react? How should it react to this? Well, I think um, R Russia has to take it very seriously. I mean, it's it's gone now. It's advanced beyond the stage of just uh, rhetoric and saber rattling. I mean, they've been talking up a Russian invasion in the Western media uh, really for the last couple of months. And it seemed like it was, uh, you know, provocations, uh, more of the usual that we've seen over the last few years. But I think now you're talking about deploying special forces as Canada is uh, to, you know, evacuate diplomats and so forth uh, in the event that there's uh, hostilities. So and the British uh, officials are talking about a Russian invasion like it's a fait accompli. They're basically saying they're going to invade the Ukraine uh, and it's just going to happen. It's a question of when. Uh, Putin's waiting for the opportune moment and so forth. This is what we're seeing in the Western press. And unfortunately, politicians are running with this. And so, so many times in the past, we've seen where intelligence agencies are feeding the mainstream media with various intelligence or uh, possibilities of scenarios and so forth. And then it, all of a sudden it materializes in the political sphere as fact. And then the whole thing starts to uh, develop its own inertia. And this is the dangerous part. And this is why I think personally, and I'm not alone, that uh, the Western media and Western political uh, bodies are playing with fire uh, in the sort of direction they're trying to take this. The, the British Defence Secretary, Ben Wallace, has said that the weapons supplied to Ukraine uh, pose no threat, no offensive capability. I believe he's quoted them as being anti-tank uh, defensive missiles here. Um, is that something you believe and should Russia be concerned about that? No, no, I, I can't see how you can call these uh, defensive weapons and purely f because of this reason. Um, if, if, if it has a, a range, or these are the Br British equivalent of Javelin missiles that they're talking about. Let's say it has a range of 800 meters. If that weapon is used uh, either from behind the green line, uh, it, let's take Donbass in eastern Ukraine, for instance, from behind the green line on the Ukrainian side or inside the green line, then it's not a defensive weapon. It's being used uh, as an offensive weapon. It's being used for provocations. Um, so the, to, to be able to try to frame this as these are defensive weapons, it simply doesn't um, add up to, to, to the facts on the ground in a battlefield situation. So this can only be viewed, this is plying more and more weapons into uh, Ukrainian military uh, at the time when tensions are being ratcheted up in the West, uh, this can only be uh, translated as a provocation. And so this is extremely dangerous. What's your take on even non-NATO member states, such as Sweden, for example, deploying troops near Russia's borders? What possible reasons could they have for, for those kind of deployments? 
Well, this is sort of standard fare. I think NATO has been running drills uh, in, you know, up in the Norway and, and Sweden is border up in this region for some time. The U.S. Has, has done major exercises there as well in conjunction with those local uh, military forces. So in, in a way, it's it's just more of the same uh, that's been kind of the routine that we've gotten used to in recent years. Uh, however, if you do combine it with what's going on right now with the absolute um, uh, attempt to escalate the situation uh, with Ukraine, uh, then it, it, it takes on a whole nother uh, meaning. And so, but uh, in, in and of themselves, uh, Sweden doesn't play any major or significant role uh, militarily in this sort of NATO military setup or within the the alliance, even as a uh, not, not a central member or a main member of the alliance, it's still it's it's neither here nor there. What matters, uh, I think, is that you have this whole of European approach, uh, or this whole of Western approach, orienting itself towards a conflict with Russia. That's the worrying part. Who do you think stands to benefit from the U.S. Um, sending troops and tanks, other weapons to Ukraine? I mean, surely nobody would benefit from an outright uh, conflict with Russia at this stage. What's the rationale then of bringing things so close to the edge? Well, uh, certainly I don't, I don't see any benefit for Russia uh, for, quote, invading Ukraine. Uh, they, they have nothing to gain from this at all. However, um, Russia has made it clear that uh, if uh, civilians are vulnerable, if they're in danger of being killed or there's some situation like that, they would, uh, would most likely uh, act on a sort of humanitarian ground or to uh, a defensive peacekeeping ground um, to do that there. But I, I think the Washington has something to benefit. Uh, West, the U.S., the U.K., and France, for instance, the three primary members of NATO, they are right now, there's the record low confidence in the government in political leaders in those three countries right now. Um, they're both in, on their sort of back heels as a result of what's going on domestically. There's massive, there's general strikes happening in France. There's marches every uh, other week uh, in the capital of all these countries. Um, in the US, there's a great disenchantment with the Biden administration polling at an all-time low. Uh, the president's had his vaccine mandates uh, pushed back in the courts. And so uh, what they need is a distraction. And that distraction might come in the form of conflict. That's the big worry is politically the, they're in desperate straits in, in the US, UK and France. And this uh, conflict or anything even approaching a conflict, uh, even the threat of a conflict would dominate the headlines for months, uh, per, perhaps. And it would be the ultimate distraction I think these governments would benefit from. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, history does have a tendency of repeating itself, unfortunately. Patrick Kennington, thanks for your take on that story here today.